Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to live your vision with creative execution. Hi, I'm Diane Allen, your host here at Someone Gets Me with an amazing guest today coming to us from Huntington Beach, California. Michelle Hebert is a longtime friend of mine, and I see her as one of the most incredible, visionary, gifted people I've known in a really long time. Since the day I met her, we clicked right away because we both have raced sailboats since we were young. It was our sport of choice. And you don't find too many women who have raised racing sailboats. So instantly we got along. And since then, I have admired her career, her tenacity, the way she executes what's important to her throughout many years. So I asked her to be on the show today to share with us how you can use your creativity with your vision and execute the life you want just like that because she's pulled it off with all kinds of things including moving across the country because i met her in florida she lives in california now and she's lived in texas and other places as well so michelle has found a way to make it all work so welcome to the show michelle hi diane thank you for having me <laughs> uh, i'm is, excited I, i'm so excited too because it's true. I just, I've always really admired your work and your commitment to well-being and fitness and health and, and just being this dynamic person that you are. So thank you for taking the time out of thank your day. Thank you. So first question, tell us a little bit about how the whole idea of caring about fitness and health really started. When did that start in your life? It actually started very young. I mean, I was raised in a family where we were very, very active. And I think I started racing sailboats and just getting on the water skiing when I was eight years old. So I've always had physical fitness a part of my life. Um, as, I was, as I was getting older and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, it's one of those things do you – go out and just shoot for money or do you go out and shoot for making a good living, but enjoying what you're doing and doing something that you're passionate about. So that's where I've always been passionate about fitness. I wanted to figure out how to be able to make a living um, through health and fitness. And so that's really where my journey started is I wanted to be true to myself and follow my passion but how, do, how was I going to do that? So that's so, how it started for me. Oh, that's amazing. So did you ever run into any kind of the establishment trying to tell you not to do it that way? Absolutely. Well, I was supposed to get married and have three kids by the time I was, you know, 26. So it was, you know, which direction are you going to go? I wanted to go to college and I wanted to be successful. And as a woman in the 80s, that wasn't necessarily the norm. A lot of people were getting married and going that route as a female. And I just, I was very strong willed. I was very independent and I wanted to go 
I wanted to follow my dreams. And that's exactly what I did. So did you ever have time where people were like, they just didn't get you? And, and they would just look at you like, what is going on with her? How come she's making these choices? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, it's especially, I think, in college, um, where there were so many people going the business route, the accounting route. And I just knew if I got stuck behind a desk, you know, I personally would be miserable because in my soul, in my heart, I have to be out moving. I have to be um, interactive with people. I have, I need that type of stimulation. So I think during the four years of college, I was trying to figure out how can I do this and do something I enjoy and not just follow the norm. And that's when I finally found kinesiology as a major. And I was so excited. It's like, okay, here's something I finally get, you know, especially as being a sailor, I was a coach of, you know, I coached sailing during college. And so it was like, how do I, how do I spin this off? How do I, so yeah, it was a lot of soul searching, a lot of trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? And how can I do this on loan? I eventually want to mate, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to be self-sufficient. So it was, it was tough. Well, and I hear you saying that you asked a lot of this, how can I do this question? So you kept open and curious and creative. And I think that that's probably one of the things that has created your success is that questioning toward where you want to go instead of that looking through the rearview mirror of, you know, where have I been or comparing yourself. Exactly. Yes, very much so. And I think as long as you continue to ask yourself these questions, I mean, we were, we are always evolving. Um, my career has changed several times and that is really because I kept asking questions on, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this the right, is this the right for me in this moment? And is there more? And I believe if, you know, there's nothing wrong for asking, is there more? There's nothing wrong with being, you know, just not settled. And so I, that's one thing I've always done. Is there more? Always, right? Always. Yes. And that's, I think that's where the creativity comes in. Um, and not everybody probably knows what kinesiology is. Could you explain a little bit about the study of kinesiology and what attracted you to it for the listener who maybe doesn't know what it is yet? Yeah, kinesiology is a lot about the human movement. And um, so for me, kinesiology was in physical fitness. And a lot of people who get a graduate uh, well, get a bachelor's degree in kinesiology are teachers. Um, and I, I did not want to be a teacher, um, even though I was a teacher in sailing. I wanted to take it further. Um, so I got a master's in science in kinesiology. And so with that, it's just the study of human body. It's a study of exercise physiology, how the body works, how the muscles interact, how it works on a cellular level. Um, it gets really deep into the intricacies of how everything, like in you raise your arm, there's about 30 muscles involved in saying hi. So what muscles are they and how can you isolate those to have more effective flow? So that may be a crazy way to say it, but it's true. That's really cool. So when I ever, I've heard kinesiology, I've heard all about 
you know, muscle testing. And I know a lot of people think kinesiology and muscle testing are the same. But from what you're saying, muscle testing and that kind of thing is a part of it, but it's not it. It's a part of kinesiology, probably more in exercise physiology, a spinoff of it. Um, I did a lot of muscle testing in kinesiology, like I did a lot of testing on the golf swing, where we'd videotape it and we'd have you hooked up to all kinds of electrodes and we'd see exactly what muscles were firing at what rate. And then also um, the oxygen consumption that you were using. And so, yes, it is a part of it. That is so, kinesiology is so general and so broad that once you get into it, you really got to find your niche. I mean, I ended up talking about changing or asking the question, is there more? When I got out of graduate school, I was a cardiac therapist working with this, you know, the sick. So I completely started out in a different direction than I knew where I wanted to land, but it was an important piece of my journey. Um, I think I became most empathetic because of working in the um, older population which helped me now as I work in primary prevention, which is typically a healthier population, trying to keep them from um, starting the disease or the disease progressing, that's heart disease or diabetes. Right. So you used to be more in the medical model, and now you're more in the prevention model. Yes. Basically. So tell us a little bit about that transition. How, how did you free yourself from being in the medical model and the intervention medicine piece? And now you're very, very strong with your original passion. And that is the actual health and fitness and in the prevention that's, piece. How did that work? A, that's a really good question. I think it just evolved. So right out of graduate school, like I said, I was a cardiac therapist. I worked there for several years. Um, if you want a feel-good story, I can tell you how I got that job, but we won't probably go into that one. Um, they, I had tenacity is how I got my first job out of graduate school because no one wants to give you a job because you don't have any experience. Well, how do you get experience if you don't have a job? So how did you do it? How did you do it? All right, it? I'll tell you. So I want to hear it. Okay, so right out of graduate school, I had this guy named, well, I'll leave him nameless, nameless. There was a guy who I graduated with, graduated with and he and I both went for this job as a cardiac therapist in a hospital in East Texas. Now, when I interviewed, I didn't get the job. I went home. I was so upset. It's like, why didn't I get this job? Did I have bad interview skills? What was my issue? And instead of just crying about it and just walking away and saying, well, there's something else out there, I wanted that job. So I went back in there and I asked the guy, I asked for a meeting for the guy with the guy who interviewed me. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and I said, sir, I wanted this job so bad. And I understand that I didn't get it. But can you give me any constructive criticism on what I did wrong so I can learn and hopefully it won't happen in my next job? And he said, Michelle, really, it, there wasn't any one thing in the interview. We just felt like Eric was a little... I said his name, but you don't know his last name. <laughs> he knows the story and he knows I tell it, so it's okay. That he was a little better fit. And I told this gentleman, I said, you are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. You have no idea what I have to offer. I am the best person for this position. And he said, he said I'm sorry, we've, we've offered the job to him. And I said, give me an internship. I will work for you for free. 
just let me show you what I can do. And he's like, Michelle, I mean, I was not going to give up Diane. And so he called me back a week later and he said, I got you an internship, a 60 day internship, and um, you can start Monday. And so I was so excited. So I went in there to make a long story short. Within one year, I was this person's boss. I had the internship, a six-day internship. After 30 days internship, they found me a job that didn't exist. They made a job position so I could actually work there as a paid employee. And as the year went on, I ended up being this person's boss. So it was, um, yeah, a great way is if you want something, go for it. Never give up. You never know. You, you, you can never really see the the... <laughs> the obstacles that are in front of you, if they're blind, you know, so why not ask? So I did and I got it. And that, that one person, you have no idea how much he changed my life. This guy who gave me this job, who made this job for me is the reason he and I, two years later, both ended up leaving the hospital and going to, and working for a world renowned scientist named Dr. Superco out of Berkeley. And he, he got a job there, this guy who didn't inter hire me the first time. He got a job with this company doing amazing things in genetics. Mm -hmm. The first person he hired once he got to California was me as the director of program development. I mean, it was crazy if you think about it. So this is the guy that told me, no, you're not the right person for the job. And he and I, worked, he and I ended up working together for a decade after that at two different um, places. So he had, he had a huge impact on my life. That one decision I made to go back in and fight for that job changed the course of my life forever. It was, it was crazy. And, and, and I, I don't know that I can explain the impact of how big that one decision was. Well, it was like completely life-changing. It, it completely, completely shaped the course of your life. It reinforced for you that your tenacity and your going after something is a valuable asset of yours instead of staying yes. in fear and staying back. You know, and a woman in the sciences has, you know, especially men, was rare. So there yes. are so many things that you overcame in that one going back in there and saying, you know, I want the job and this is why, and give me an internship. Like, give me a shot at, even if I have to do it for free. Right. You know, and not being afraid. And so that's an example of using your creativity to execute something, right? Where, yes. okay, you had to get creative. You had to think outside of the box. You had to take a risk, right? And then you had, to, you had to execute it. You actually had to go down there and get an appointment and talk to the person. It wasn't like sitting on the couch lamenting, oh, no, I didn't get it. You know, it was, no, 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 hold on a second here. This is where I'm going. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it just, when I think back, I get chill bumps when I think about it because it was, it's like whenever I get a little down or I get, um, discouraged, you know, I think about those times and I think about what I did and what it took. And the, I mean, it took a lot of courage. I'm going into someone who shot me down and to tell him he's wrong. And, um, in, in my view, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I do pull from that experience and it's like, okay, Michelle, there really is nothing you can't do. And, um, it's kind of where I am today with my new, mobile training business. You know, I started this business on my own 
and I, um, it's something that no one's even doing out here in Orange County. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just as far as if there's something you really, really are passionate about and something you really want to do, you do have to get creative and just trust yourself and allow yourself to make um, scary decisions and hope that you land on your feet. You almost always do if you're going into it with a good heart. All right. You have to have your heart aligned, you know, and not just some random thing, but going after what your heart says. So tell everybody a little bit about this new iteration that's been going on for a while of what you're doing now in still the fitness industry and still the taking care of people, but not from a medical model because you're not in a hospital now and you're not in all those things. Tell everybody a little bit about how the vision started for your current business and about it. How, Tell us all about it. So, so for once I left, and let me back up just for a minute. When I left the hospital, then I, for a decade, I worked in genetics. And genetics was working, that was that medical model of going out and working with cardiologists and helping them understand how to treat their patients based on their individual genetic um, abnormalities. So, or genetic mark- markers, I should say. So, in working with that population, I really wanted to get out into prime. So everybody, as we age, and I'm getting somewhere with this, I promise, Diane. Everyone as we age is, you know, if we have any disease processes, they're starting up, okay? And every year it it can get worse and worse and worse. What I want to do, because I saw so many people, I saw so many seemingly healthy people get sick, Mm -hmm and the sick get sicker, I wanted to be able to go out and create a model to where I was catching it a little bit earlier and then hopefully slowing down any of the disease process they might have. So to, to start to date, what I was in is um, for the last several years, um, probably last 10 years, I've been working in gyms. And so I've been training as a personal trainer just in a gym where people come in, they, they hire whatever trainers on the floor, and you go from there. And I did that for a while, and it was rewarding. I mean, I love to do it, but I started to really kind of think about the background. Think about all the people that weren't coming into the gym because I heard story after story of I'd say, hey, I'm a trainer at so-and-so gym. You want to come in? I can train you. And they're just like, I don't want to go in the gym. They're either self-conscious because they don't like something about their body. They don't like the grunting from whoever might be grunting, lifting heavy weights. They um, Just the intimidation factor. They don't have time because of work. It's like, how am I going to work 10 hours a day that you have to work these days and then still go to the gym? and do all these things. So time was a factor. Intimidation was a factor. There was a gazillion reasons why people had a reason why they couldn't go to the gym. It was like, okay, this isn't working for me because you know me, Diane, I want to hit the masses, meaning I don't want to be stuck in a box saying that these are the only people you can see. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like there's a whole world out here that needs a trainer that just doesn't feel like they have they can get to one because they don't want to go in a gym so that's where it all started it's like okay i gotta figure this out 
So it's that so same it's did, that same tenacity that you walked back into that hospital yeah. and said, "No, you're wrong." It's like, "No, I'm not getting <laughs> stuck in a box." <laughs> exactly. 100%. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah, so I quit the last gym that I was at and said, "Okay, I'm going to start going to just the community here." and seeing what people like to do. And so I started asking around. People like to work in parks. People like to work out at home in their backyard in the safety of their own privacy. People like to work out with groups. Um, There's so many different things that, you know, that, so working out, a big thing for me is working out should be fun. I'm not sitting over yelling at you, you know, spitting at you at the same time, like and making you miserable while this, while you're doing this exercise program. What we're actually doing is we're laughing, we're carrying on, we're having a good time. And look, 45 minutes just went by and you got an amazing workout. Like that's my goal. And so I went out and talking to people and, and what I decided to do was I'm going to buy a big van. I'm going to outfit, outfit this van with every piece of equipment you can imagine that you would need for an exercise program and for a creative program, meaning there's a hundred ways to do tricep extensions to work your tricep. So I want all the different things to be able to do that because I don't want to be stuck in, okay, you can only do it one way. So I filled up this van with all the state of art equipment. I hired a marketing team to figure out how to get this out there. And I started what is now called Emerge Mobile Training. And I go door to door. Today, for an example, um, I've already been to someone's house that I trained him in the backyard because COVID's going on right now. So I've been to a house. I've done a virtual session talking to you. When I get done talking to you, I'm going to someone else's house. I'm going to work him out in their backyard. And then I'm going to Seal Beach to train two women on the beach. So it really is... Um, my day is filled with training people, but in a ton of different ways, because so that way, you know, that, that way I can, I can train them. It only takes 45 minutes. They don't have to drive somewhere. It doesn't take two hours out of their day. And I go to them when it's convenient for them. So yeah, it's working out fabulously. <laughs> I love it. And it feeds into your creativity and that part of you that likes to be on the move and not cornered into a box and can expand and be able to say, okay, how can I help this person execute successfully in in a finite amount of time in a creative manner, which is right up your alley. Yes. I love it. 100%. Yeah. It, it, it's going great. The the whole, when COVID started um, right now it's, kind of interesting because um, the gyms are closed here in California. I'm not sure how they are in Texas or Florida, I should say, where you are. Um, But yeah, the gyms are closed. So now there's so many people that that for sure can't train. Um, So mobile training is a great option for them. And we wear masks. We're masks. When we, so we train, actually train social distancing um, and wear a mask where necessary. I wear a mask. I don't make my client wear a mask when they're training. I stay far enough away that it's safe because I feel like it's kind of hard to breathe in the mask. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to get up close to them to show them an exercise or whatever, I haven't put a mask on. So it works out really well. 
Oh, that's perfect. And when both people are kind of engaged like that, it, the flow is easier. So do you have a success story from maybe one of, the, one of your clients from Emerge that started out in one place in their world and then because of their working with you, they've, they've achieved something you know, amazing or something really great or they hit their goal? Like, do you have one of those kind of cool stories? I do. I tell you, one of, the, one of my, and this isn't going to sound probably not even where you're going with this, but it's what sticks out in my head. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the best stories that I have so far that I could not stop crying. And those are the feel-good stories for me. If you're going to make me cry, it's something, something big just happened. Right. Because I don't cry a lot. My daughter complains all the time that I'm not a crier. And, um, but yeah, this time it got me. I hired someone who was a good 175 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. And, um, this person, if they got down on the floor would have to call 911 because they would not be able to stand up. And so when I went in to help this person, it was just about staying alive for this person. Um, they needed to learn, lose X amount of weight and they needed to do it so they could be around for their grandkids and they could be around for, um, you know, another decade. So I got in working with this person and my one and only goal for this person in the beginning was to be able to stand up off the floor. If this person fell on the floor, I wanted, and it sounds so simple, Diane, it wasn't simple. This person could not get off the floor to save her life. And we worked on it and we worked on it and we worked on it. And the day that I had chill bumps talking about this, right? I'm video recording it. And I'm like, today is the day she had lost a, a, a large amount of weight. And I got her legs to the point where they were strong enough that I knew she was still severely overweight because she was just that obese. Um, and she got down on the floor and I said, here we go. This is going to happen. I feel it in my gut. You're going to stand up today. And I had a couple of the people in the background and I told them, I said, she's going to stand up today. And can you please cheer when it happens? And I didn't know if she was going to stand up. I just, something in my gut told me she was going to stand up and I'm video recording it. And I said, do it, just do it. And she looks at me like, okay, I'm going to do it now. And I said, do it. And she stood up and I start bawling and she starts bawling and she stood up. I'm recording it. Of course I dropped my camera cause I'm so excited. And then I said, get out and do it again. She's like, what? I just did it. Like don't ruin my moment. And I'm like, I want you to prove to yourself. This wasn't a fluke. Do it again. And she got down and she stood up again. And it just, you know, it's one of those things that's like, yes, this is why I do this. This was so life-changing for this woman. It was crazy. I mean, the, you just had to be there. It was just unbelievable. And I do this because I do care about people. I do want to see them successful. I do want them to feel good in their body. And um, you froze for a second. So... Yeah, so that was like, that's one of those moments that, you know, I just got a little cherry eyed telling you that. That was one of those moments that really stood out for me. And it just seems so simple. 
it's not like this person ran, went off and ran a triathlon. I mean, that's not what we were going for. We were just going, I just wanted her to be healthy and add some years. And she's, she's healthy today. This was seven years ago. So, yeah, I, I do have a lot of stories, but that was the one that really yeah. is a tearjerker for me. Well, it's really powerful because a lot of people think when they think of training, it's the, the athlete or the person who's going to go do a competition or all of those kinds of hard body things. When really it's what you effectively did was you set her up to be able to save her own life. Right. And to me, that's what it's about. You know, and so it, it, of course you, you were crying. Yeah, and you, oh, it was ridiculous. Um, you said it well. I do have people that I train um, that are just trying to get larger muscles or her training too because they want to run, um, you know, 10 miles in a certain time. I do have those clients, but I would say the majority of my clients, and maybe it's just because you attract what, what is that saying? You attract what you. I can't remember. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, drawn to the, to this type of popular in their body. It may be, um, there may be some muscle, muscle limitation. Um, there may be um, some physical limitation that, you know, they don't like in their appearance, but uh, there may be, they have diabetes and they want to be able, or hypertension and they want to be able to turn the diabetes or get rid of the hypertension. Like something there that they need to improve. And um, instead of just getting bigger muscles, and this is the population that I have the most clients in and where it's the most fulfilling for me to see someone lose 50 pounds, which I've done that. And um, to see somebody, I was, um, there is a gentleman that I'm training right now and he has two small kids and He's had hypertension for a, a while and we just wanted to try to get rid of that hypertension. And so, you know, hypertension causes heart disease and everything. And this, this gentleman's in his thirties. And the other day, um, this is probably a month ago, I went and took his, he was really dedicated working out five days a week, three days a week with me. And then two days a week doing homework, meaning doing exercising on his own and reporting it back to me. And we took his blood pressure, and he was one seventy over uh, one twenty over one one twenty over seventy, and so his blood pressure was absolutely perfect, and so he nice. no longer had hypertension. So I mean, that kind of stuff is huge mm -hmm. to stop having hypertension in your thirties, and to know that the possibility of not even having heart disease um, and being there for a long life for your kids, you know, that's what it's about. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I mean, and that's what health is all about. You know, I always say health is not the absence of sickness and it's about having your body function in a way that serves you and whatever it is that you want to do with it over time, which is what you're, what you're doing with people. And I think it's amazing that you're doing things in person and also virtually. So if anybody's listening to you now, um, they can contact you through your website and hire yes. you. They can hire you. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely do in person and virtual. And virtual is kind of fun because, you know, you'd amaze what, what I can make you do, Diane, on the other side of that screen. 
<laughs> when you have a couple of weights in front of you. And um, so, yeah, the virtual sessions actually go really well and people um, are having great success with it. So if they can't get out and get it, you know, actually exercise in person virtually seems, I was a little worried about it in the beginning. It's like, mm, can I really give them a good workout through FaceTime or Zoom? And the answer is yes. They get a fine workout. So I think that all of your education in kinesiology and body movement and the science part of it and the genetics part of it and all of those things, in my mind, when I think about how you can keep executing your vision in a creative way and yet changing all the different pieces of it to stay aligned with yourself, it puts you in a unique category for people because a lot of times people do want to positively affect their health and more than mm -hmm. just their muscles, like either, you know, diabetes or hypertension or like I had a car accident five years ago and it took quite a bit before I could walk and I'm still not totally out of pain. And there, and it was all the exercise people that figured it out that didn't just want to, you know, keep doing shots to stop the nerves or something. And I'm like, well, we won't be doing that. And so right. I think there's so much value in for your clients because you have the guts to follow your heart and follow what's important to you and execute it or you wouldn't have created I, this business. Right. I appreciate that. And, you know, you just brought up something really important that I think we should touch on. Um, you brought up your car accident and, um, you know, a big part of this, and I, I always tell the story for people to know about me. Um, another big part of this, I didn't even mention why I got into this, is my own limitations. That um, when you look at me, you don't see. And 20 years ago, I was hit head on by a drunk driver. And um, I've had, I personally am in chronic pain today. I have pain every day. But if it wasn't for my, I've had, it wasn't for my, being fit and being constantly, you know, moving, I would not have recovered like I've recovered. I've had three uh, spinal surgeries over the last um, 10 years. Last, uh, in the last two years, I've had, I had a cervical fusion, C5 through C7. And actually two years, I had two fusions and I had um, S1 to L4 fused. And both of those surgeries I was back training my clients within four weeks. Mm. Most people are still on a cane in four weeks. So most people are still in bed for four months, four weeks, one month. I was back with, you know, limp, some limitation. I was back training my clients and it was because of being physically fit and also just being stubborn. So um, <laughs> there was no way I was sitting in that bed and be bedridden for months on end. Um, so I, it, it, the doctor was said, be very, 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 very careful. But yes, if you don't pick up any weights and you let them pick up them, themselves, you can tell them what to do in your neck brace or in your back brace. So, and that's what I did. It's like, I mean, I got rods all up and down my spine from my head to my, to my back, lower back. And, um, physical fitness has saved my life. And yes, I'm in chronic pain, but I would be in way more pain if I wasn't keeping myself fit. And I'm not a person, you can only see me from chest up, but I'm not a person that has like these huge muscles. I'm just lean and um, 
he would say, you know, I'm 52 years old and I don't have a lot of body fat and it's, and I eat right. And I have muscles where I need muscles, but I'm not like this big old, you know, those trainers that just have muscles coming out of their ears. That's not what I want to be. So I'm physically fit and that is what makes me happy. And so, you know, I train people for whatever type of body type they want. Um, but I think it's so important for any physical fitness. It's like when you work in a hospital, you see, and it's sad to say, but you can look at a patient before they go into surgery, especially heart disease, and know if they're going to make it out or not, looking at them and by knowing their history. And um, what physical fitness can do in your life is it's just, it's just things that you don't even think about as far as things that you can overcome. I'm, I would not be the person I am right now. There's no way with as many rods as I have in my back if I wasn't, if I didn't stay fit. So I think it's just important for people to realize, you know, even if they have limitations, they can still go out and do it. And trust me, I have limitations. And I think Does that that's, makes sense. That you're making a ton of sense. And I think it's really valuable because I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm sitting here running through my mind all the excuses that I have heard in my lifetime and or said myself <laughs> about not doing whatever it is we're supposed to be doing whether it's our fitness or whether it's eating right or whether it's, you know, doing whatever the right thing is for our own well-being mm -hmm. and, and how um, it's so important, especially now with, you know, all this COVID stuff and everything else to keep ourselves fit and healthy as best as we can, even when right. we have limitations. It's funny because I've had real trouble with my back since this wreck and, and I keep, I'm kind of like you in the sense I'm very tenacious. I just keep going. I'm going to keep, I'm going to find the solution and I'm going to keep on moving and you're not stopping me. And now I, I walk my dog for two miles every morning, no matter how much pain I'm in. I don't care. We're going. It's just the way it's going to be. And over time, it's less and less and less because I keep my body moving, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. pretty much the only time I'm not hurting is if I'm on a sailboat because it's moving. It's not hard ground. Oh, and right. And it makes it so that I get actual relief for a period of time. Um, other than that, when I'm on land, it's, it's, <laughs> it's usually tricky. <laughs> but keeping moving really helps. And I think our attitude helps. Mm -hmm. So what do, you, what do you think is a really um, effective winning attitude? If somebody's listening to you right now, and maybe they have excuses in their mind, or they're trying to debunk what you're saying, or... Or they're curious and go, oh, maybe I should hire her. She's got the science background and, and she'll know what it's like to be in pain because she has it. And, and maybe they, they're, they're for the first mm -hmm. time considering letting someone in their life because it's very intimate, right? Mm -hmm. what, is, what, what would you say to that person? Just as far as um, if, okay, so if they were excuses, um, for me, how important is your health to you? Um, you've actually frozen. Okay, I can see now. To me, it's, it's, it's hard to say that generally because what I do is I, I sit and I listen to the person and I get to know them as a person. I get to know what's important to them. I get to know if they have grandkids, if they have children, if they live alone, if they have a partner, what's important to them. Once I know 
something about that individual. The motivation is very easy to talk about because you make it personal, mm-hmm. you know? So for you, Diane, if you tried to, you know, give me all these excuses underneath the sun of why you can't work out, I would say to you is how important is racing? How important is sailing to you? How would it feel to you if you could never get on that boat again? If you could never sail mm-hmm. again, because that's a real possibility with somebody with back injuries. Mm-hmm. If you don't stay limber, um, and especially with that boom, I mean, the thought of the boom hitting you, it's like, it's like you need to make sure that you have a strong core and that you're active and that you can do the things that you love to do. So for you, it's like how important is sailing? You know, you need to stay in shape and you need to be able to be at a, a pain level that's manageable to you so you can get out on the water. And it's fantastic to hear that the water, because the boat's moving, does give you some relief. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's how important is something to that person because your health and fitness, all that, that's health and fitness is number one because everything else is taken away if you're not here to enjoy it. So I'm one of these that, um, I'm very individual. I need to get to know the person. I need to talk to the person. I need to see what's important to that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have some raw, raw cheers, you know, never give up. I could give you a lot of, you know, (laughs) quotes, but um, what it's really about is understanding everybody as who they are as a human being and what's important to them. And then, then I can kind of direct them in. Does that make sense? As far as Mm -hmm. to, to get excited about it for me, it's, you know, being able to see my daughter, grow up and what what is her she's about to start college so what's her 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 life gonna look like and I want to be able to be able to be a part of that and be able to be active and so for me to be bedridden is a very real possibility and so if I don't work hard on what I'm doing you know that is a wheelchair is a part of my future and so I have to work really hard and stay in fit so I don't end up in the wheelchair and I could, you know, see all the exciting things I'm supposed to see in my future. I hope that answers your question. It answers my question perfectly. It's perfect. So I have another question. I have lots of questions because it's, okay. it's, it's fascinating listening to you. But when you sit here today and you look back to the Michelle in college, you know, starting to like, okay, how do I, asking all those how questions, how do I do this? How, how do I make this work? How do I go? And, and, and trying to find your way. And you look back to the younger Michelle and you just kind of like gaze over this wonderful path. What would you say your most profound lesson is that you take forward? What was my profound, most profound lesson as like when at, at that age well when you look back over over your career and over this yeah. keeping creating something from your vision and executing it as you go what's the biggest lesson that you'd like to share that comes to mind what comes to mind is you are enough you are enough uh-huh is what comes to mind and that is something that i didn't believe a lot especially in my college years I didn't believe that I was enough and I didn't believe that I was enough or good enough. And, um, 
I had to keep pushing forward and, and believing and loving myself to know that I was enough. And, and it may sound, you know, like you are enough. That's more like on a spiritual or emotional level, but it really ties into everything that I do. As long as I believe that I am enough and um, then, then I have enough to give to the next person. Because it can be exhausting day in and day out. You're giving yourself mm -hmm. all day long to other people and you have to, you know, fill up your own tank and to know that I'm enough fills up my tank and it allows me to do what I need to do. Oh, that's perfect. So what do you do to take care of yourself? What do you do to fill up your own tank? Obviously you stay fit. Boating. Is there anything else? Boating. <laughs> boating. Uh, boating and my family. So I have a great family. Um, I have a partner. I have a daughter. And we have a good family life. So, and then my, you know, I have, my parents are still around, thank God. Um, my, so my family is real important to me. And that's what I do to fill up my tank. Yes, you have a great family. <laughs> I have a great family and um, good brothers, sisters-in-laws, niece, nieces and nephews. And so I think family is so important. And that's, you know, if you ask me what does my life revolve around, it's family and work, family and work, family and work, and boating, so family and boating and work. And yeah, family, boating, and work, or boating, work, and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in different days, it, it changes order. <laughs> right, they just keep flipping based on yeah. ah, stress level, yeah. weather, what I feel like doing. <laughs> exactly, hormones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So if somebody's listening to you and they're like really excited about what you're having to say and they're like, yeah, but I don't know how to get started. What would be a good step one for somebody if they say, you know, I really need to improve my fitness and they're not, they're not going to hire somebody yet maybe, or maybe they're thinking about it and just a little small step they could take to see that there's hope for them. Well, besides just calling somebody, I mean, to me, that's always the step one. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk to people all day long that I don't end up training them for one reason or another, or I send them to somebody else because maybe they needed more of the nutrition before they needed the exercise. So maybe I send them to a nutritionist. Um, but I think it's calling somebody and talking to somebody about what their situation is and what their desires are and what their hopes are and that allowing that to take place first just to see some progression you know it's it's the reaching out is the hardest to do <laughs> so that goes with so many things yes. so it's like okay i know i need to do this i know i need to do this you see that commercial on tv whatever it is you know you need to do that pick up the phone pick up the phone literally pick up the phone so it's call that person and anybody can call me for any reason it's health and fitness related um and i'd be happy to talk to them about it and if i can't help them i can point them in the direction of where they need help so there you go now if you're listening to michelle and you're not sure or you're confused or you're scared she's a safe person yes. i've known her for a ton of years and she knows how to listen with an open heart so give her a call or reach out to her. All of her contact information is in the show notes for you. So you just click on there or follow her on social media and you will see that everything she's saying completely lines up with 
what I know about her, of course. So what, I have another few questions and they're kind of a little bit more personal about just your journey as a really amazing, gifted, creative person. So in, in all of your travels and everything through your lifetime, what's the most memorable food you've ever eaten? Sushi. Sushi. <laughs> when I first landed in California, um, back when I was in genetics, and I moved to San Francisco, I came across sushi. It changed my life. <laughs> I, I love sushi. <laughs> I made a monster out of my child. She loves sushi now, too, so her tastes are very expensive. Um, I would say sushi. Mm -hmm. All kinds of sushi. I'm with you. The first time That's I tasted it, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Sushi rocks. So, yes. Um, I'm trying it's to healthy, too. It is. It is healthy. And it's good for you. And it tastes good. It has a taste. You know, I like things that have distinctive tastes to them. Yes, yes. That's wonderful. So, one last question. And it's my, one of my favorite questions. If you were going to have a billboard that was the whole world was going to see with your quote or your thing on it to send the message to all people, what would your billboard say? If it had to do with fitness, my billboard would say, are you punishing your body for what it isn't? Ooh. Here's what my billboard would say. Yeah, that's a very good question. Are you punishing your body for what it isn't? It isn't. Mm, that Think about is, that one. That's a good one. That's, that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites right out of the gate. Not that I'm surprised at all coming from you. So we covered a lot of ground, and I could talk to you forever. Um, is there something that you wanted to talk about today or that you feel really led to share with listeners that I didn't ask you about or – you know, you're feeling that, you know, I'd really would like to say this. Is there anything left unsaid? No, I, I really appreciate, well, one, I really appreciate you having me on the show. And I always love to be surprised about what you're going to ask. So in all the years that I've known you, Diane, you, you never fail me. Um, so I, I think we covered a lot. I think the one thing is, is just that, for the people that are scared and are intimidated and feel like, you know, exercising is a punishment, that I, I just hope what they can take away is that it doesn't need to be a punishment. It can be fun. You know, most of my training sessions, they're bummed when the 45 minutes is over. Most people go into them and it's like, oh my God, this is going to be the longest 45 minutes of my life. It's going to be grueling. I'm going to be miserable. And it's just, it doesn't have to be that way. It's that way with a lot of trainers, but it's not that way with my trainers. So I have trained my trainers to train with my style because I believe in it. And the style is to enjoy yourself and to laugh and to challenge yourself have fun in the process so it doesn't have to be as scary as it sees it seems on tv when you see people training it doesn't have to be that way yeah that's a i think that's a really good point it's not like what you see on tv it doesn't have to be it no. there's always the right person and the right fit 
for whatever the goal is or whatever our personalities are and all of those things. I've had trainers that are in your face and I've had trainers that I laugh so hard that half of my ab workout is laughing, you know, right, <laughs> exactly. laughing so hard. and I'm like, and my stomach hurts the next day. And I'm like, but I didn't even do abs. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. did I laugh the whole time? You did. You know? <laughs> That's abs. <laughs> right. And it doesn't have to be grueling. I can make it grueling if you want it to be grueling, but it doesn't have to be grueling. And that's the key. I do have people that they're so serious. They want to go in, boom, 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 and get it done. And they don't even want you to talk to them if you're not telling them exactly what weight to pick up. And I do that too. But it doesn't have to be that way mm. is the key. Yes. So you can match it to yourself. Yes. Everybody's individual and training needs to be individual. So I've always prided myself on being creative and um, treating every single buddy as an individual and um, their training is specific to them. There's no two sessions that I ever do that are like. Mm -hmm. And the trainers that keep doing the same thing over and over and over just need to not be trainers. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. So everybody, you've been listening to Michelle Hebert, my longtime friend and visionary who is amazingly gifted and creative. And the thing that I love about Michelle is her tenacity and her execution of following her heart, her vision, and her mind. So reach out to her and let her know you heard her on the show. And if you have any questions or you need a little support or you need that little push to get going, reach out to her or call her because when she offered it, I know her, she meant it. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Thank you, Diane. Well, remember everybody to put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and you're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine and be amazing and awesome. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.